Um, okay, let's get on to the whole idea, the foundations of building wealth, and we can take it step by step. Step. We can number them, but they're in no particular order. It's all of what comes to mind, I guess. Um, what comes to mind when we talk about some of the principles of building wealth? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah, so I have to look back to when I first started the journey. Um, Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you? Peter, I'm all right, man. Uh, The week's been quite intense work-wise. You know, we're still thankful to God. We're still working, so (laughs) no complaints from my side. Amen to that, man. Definitely grateful, man. And as you know, um, and as some of our listeners may know, it's quite a busy time for Woke Finance, man. We've been all around doing different bits of delivery to um, our young people. So delivering personal finance workshops, whether that's online or even in person. And our most recent um, session was actually um, for football fans around the world was actually in Wembley Stadium where we delivered a workshop to some young people, man. So Jax, how did you find that? Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. And, you know, one of my favourite parts was the fact that at the end, we've got a nice little tour of Wembley Stadium. I've been there several times, but I've never had a tour. So it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, engaging with the young people. They were very, very um, interested in what we had to speak about. So, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. No, I agree. I, I really enjoyed that tour, man. made me feel like a kid all over again. The kids certainly made us feel super young. Um, but now it was really good to see England's manager, football manager, Gareth Southgate, um, his suits, uh, the famous three-piece blue suits as well. So, no, that was really exciting. But no, man, it's, this is what we're about with Woke Finance. So for our listeners, as you may know, the reason why me and Jack set up Woke Finance was all about supporting younger people to be better informed and educated around um i guess this finance journey and then we wanted to continue this podcast um the, the conversation on podcasts like this for people of all ages because we realize there's barriers regardless of how old you are depending on um i guess what we were exposed to whilst growing up so just a shout out to our listeners wherever you are in the world keep doing what you're doing supporting because without your support we won't be able to do the work we're doing in the community so thank you very much and we are very grateful and Jax, today man we're gonna take it back to basics yeah we're gonna take it back to basics we're gonna take it a notch back and just back to the foundations and um, back to the foundations of this financial journey. And a part of this financial journey is of course about generating wealth, right? So today we're going to be focusing on pretty much the principles of building wealth. How does that sound? That sounds pretty amazing. I think um, it's always important for us to go back to um, the beginning, you know, what we actually trying to achieve and how are we doing it? Albeit, yes, on World Finance uh, Podcast, we've gone through some things in much more detail, um, diving into the details of specific things. But sometimes before we even get there, we need to establish the foundation as to actually what we're trying to achieve and how we're going to get there. That's it. And what I always find about stuff like this, uh, Jax, because, you know, it's an opportunity for me and you to reflect back on those foundations and principles. But what I always find about this is that no matter where you are, however far you are on your journey, there's always something where you go, oh, okay, maybe I slipped up on that. Oh, maybe I forgot that. Um, or maybe I need to tweak this a bit. Um, that's if you're quite fine. If you're just starting on this journey, then it's like, wow, this is, you know, a lot of information that I can easily get started on slowly, but surely. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love these conversations because for me personally, it really does remind me of some of the things that I should be considering, um, whether, you know, whether it was at the beginning stages, some of the things that I remember learning, you know, and, and thinking about and, and actually applying to my own personal finance journey. But actually, it's, it's, these are the things that sometimes we um, may forget um, and sometimes we, you know, actually think about it in more detail as we go on the journey. So as, as I go into more detail and then we talk about some of the principles that will make more sense as to what I'm trying to say here. But yeah. Yeah, man. Um, let's kick off with the first question. When you say building wealth, what does that actually look like? Is that literally just about having one million pounds in your account? <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant question. And uh, I, like, I like the phrase building wealth uh, because, you know, when I'm speaking to people about personal finance and trying to build wealth, I always come, you know, I always try to remind them that, you know, see how we don't talk about riches as much as we talk about wealth because there is a difference between being rich and being wealth wealthy so some of the things that you you mentioned um you know in your question just now about building i think that's one of the key words you always hear the phrase building wealth you don't hear building riches mm. right so by that you know that it's something that is something that takes time yeah i always mm. tell people look uh, it's like building a, a, a building right it takes planning it takes setting up foundations and it takes time for you to actually get to a stage where the actual thing is built. So, um, of course, when we talk about wealth, what is it? Now, there's different types of wealth. We're talking about financial wealth here. But the key thing when it comes to wealth and differentiating that from things like riches, it comes down to your net worth, one. So your overall net worth and also things that you own and whether you actually have to work. So most people say the principal difference between being rich and being wealthy, there are differences, but the main one is those that are wealthy don't actually have to go to work or don't have to um, produce active income. Mm. Um, whereas those people that are rich, they might be rich in cash, for example, and may own very luxury stuff, but they still have to continue working because they've not reached that status of wealthy yet. Mm. And the key phase you said is have to. Um, those that have built a sufficient amount of uh, wealth over time don't well have to work they may choose to work but they don't have to to generate income um jacks you spoke about you know those having a high net worth what does that actually mean yeah net worth is uh, actually a very important part of our personal finances and um, if you're someone who's on your journey it's something you should look to um, calculate but essentially um your net worth is essentially all your assets minus all your liabilities all the things that you own minus all the things that you owe mm. if you do this calculation then you will know how much your net worth actually is it's basically if you had to sell all your assets and pay back everything and you, you was to look at everything that you actually owe and you kind of did a calculation whatever you're left with that's your net worth and the, the question comes up what does your residential home fall into yeah so interestingly that's a big question that's a very that's another podcast in itself um because you you hear people like robert kiyosaki and grant grant cardone is that his name um talk about you know your house is not an asset because it doesn't produce an income etc now it really does depend on um what kind of uh you know definition you're going for but generally speaking um what i would say is your equity in your home is your asset um that's that's added to your asset column. So that's added to your net worth. So let's say you put a 30% deposit down um, into your property home and you own uh, a house that's 300,000. 
that 30K represents 10% of, of the equity, that 10% is part of your net worth. Mm. So that 30K has to be added to your net worth. And if the value of your home goes up as well, you can add that into whatever's gone up by, you can add that to your deposit, which then also adds part of your, your net worth. Brilliant. No, thanks for that. Um, and I guess in simple terms, house or no house, it's everything that you own. That is uh, an asset. Um, and, and, and on that, actually, would you consider maybe a car to fall in the asset bracket as well before we move on? Yeah, these are these are very interesting questions because I know in the personal finance world, world, um, you know, we, we we talk about liabilities such as cars because they go down in value. But if we're talking about pure accounting terms, everything mm. that you own is an asset because you can sell your house for for cash today. Yes. So, um, in in accounting terms, your 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 car is an asset. Brilliant. Now that makes perfect sense. Thanks for that, bro. Um. Okay, let's get on to the whole idea the foundations of building wealth and we can take it step by step step we can number them but they're in no particular order it's sort of what comes to mind i guess um what comes to mind when we talk about some of the principles of building wealth what's the first thing that comes to your mind yeah so i have to look back to when i first started the journey um many years ago well not many just about five years ago um and one of the first principles that really came into my mind um i read it in a book called the richest man in babylon was to pay yourself book. first yeah so was to pay yourself first and i found a phrase quite strange you know what does it mean to pay yourself first um because I, I don't know about you but when i get paid the, the, this income tax that's been paid already <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so the whole idea of paying yourself first i found really confusing at first but it's all about the principle of actually looking after your future self and looking at a percentage of your income wherever you you know you make and keeping a part of that um, I'm making that so much of a priority that it becomes one of the first things that you do. So, um, for example, let's just do some math. So let's say you, oh, you earn a thousand pounds a month, for example, and you have committed to uh, pay yourself first 10% of that 1,000 pounds. Mm. So that's a hundred pounds that you're going to pay yourself. In other words, you're going to save that 100 pounds. It doesn't matter what else is going to happen with your personal finances. You have prioritized and you've made it non-negotiable to pay this 10% to yourself, to save this 10%. Mm. And that for me is what you call paying yourself. And the reason why I like that principle is because even if for some reason you have all these expenses and you know you end up, you end up obviously spending more than you actually earn, the fact that you still got that 10% means that you should find other ways to earn income, <laughs> right? Hmm. You should find other ways to make up the shortfall without actually spending the mm. money that you've committed to pay yourself first. So that's what I loved about that principle. Pay yourself first, save a proportion of everything that you make. Love it, love it. And um, even to this day, when I spoke to some people, um, you know, when it comes to budgeting, let's say they earn a thousand pound take-home pay or net pay um, for that month, um, they will spend everything and then maybe towards the end of the month, whatever they have left, that's what they will save. Yes. And actually, actually that's a, that goes against the, you know, the principle that we're talking about. And I think it was Warren Buffett that mentioned it. You should rather save first and then spend what's left mm. rather than spend and then save what's left. Um, and I think that principle is really good. And it really de- it depends on what your priorities are, I guess. When you're on this personal finance journey, you make, um, you know, personal finance and, and, and build your worth a priority, then that's one of the best things you can do. You can mm. commit and make it non-negotiable to save a proportion of your income. 
So this is before. All, so let's say you get paid on the first of every month and bills have to be paid on the second. This is before all bills and stuff. So on pretty much on the first, what do you do to just make that seamless process, particularly in this technology world we're in? Yeah, I, I think the best thing you could do is automate it, you know, mm. just make an automatic process. Um, so the same way the tax man takes money from you automatically, um, so you should make that, you should tax your your current self, your future self should tax your current self. That's mm. how I see it. So you Love make it. it an automatic thing. Love it. Brilliant. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what I've definitely noticed is that over time, as months and years go by, you really don't even realise the money uh, going through and um, going out of your account because you're doing it first before you even have a chance to notice it. And then before you know it, you've built a decent bit of um uh wealth i guess um now brilliant jacks um that was the first thing that came to mind and you uh, made reference to a book the richest um, man in babylon and for our listeners out there if you haven't done so already or if you just need a reminder we do talk a lot about books um on some of our episodes particularly episode 35 and 36 which is called the power of reading and um, some awesome book recommendations and in my opinion life-changing book recommendations so do check that out whenever you get a chance jacks principle number two for building wealth yeah, so I will I will marry this with the first one really, and uh, so the second one for me is to uh, spend less than what you make. Um, it, it sounds very similar to what I said about paying yourself first, but it's a bit different. What this is saying is whatever's coming in, make sure you, <laughs> you don't spend all of it. Um, it's a very very simple simple concept, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do it, mm. and that's why you can you know you come across people that may come across as rich because they earn a substantial amount of income but they spend a lot of their money as well. So they can still live paycheck to paycheck and still not be able to increase their net worth as well. So the principle of not just um, paying yourself first, but making sure that you spend less than what you make. How does one do that in reality, Jess? Because we all know just from stats and we just know, I mean, if someone is earning, I don't know, 25,000 pounds here in the UK, um, they might have, you know, certain expenses where, as you said, they're living paycheck to paycheck, where that final week they've completely out of their current account, sweating and waiting for their next paycheck. And then they might get a pay rise to, let, let's say, £35,000 and wish we're celebrating. But then we realise when we're earning £35,000, um, £35, there's absolutely no difference. We're still waiting paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> so what is going on? How can we stop this vicious cycle? Yeah, so, you know, it, it comes down to having a plan, uh, so a financial plan. And when it comes to financial planning, budgeting is at the heart of financial planning. So the key thing is to have a, a budget in place where you tell your money where to go and you see where your money is going as well. So you can start off by actually assessing how much you spend on a, on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis. It's up to you. Um, so, you know, you can go home and print out your statements and go through it with a fine comb to see where money has gone over the past three months. And then you'll be able to assess what you actually spend your money on and make an assessment as to whether it's actually worth it. Um, and then obviously compare that with the money that you're actually making. And if the money you're making is less than the money you're spending, then you have an expenditure problem or you have an income problem and you have to assess that. So yeah, the key thing is to spend less than what you make, which means as part of the formula, you go and make more, what you're spending spend less and make more money <laughs> hmm, 
no i love it love it love it um and yeah you mentioned a spending plan or a budget however you see fit and we do talk a lot about that on some of our episodes so no absolutely man um the first time i i i actually set up a budget many years ago it literally felt like a pay rise absolutely absolutely because you actually see where your money is going and you realize a lot is actually wasted on things that doesn't necessarily need to be uh you know money doesn't necessarily need to be spent on Mm. um and it's about spending wisely so what for us we don't tell people to you know live a life of complete misery (laughs) where Mm. they don't spend the money that they they make we believe in actually enjoying your money and enjoying enjoying your money should be part of your budget but it's about spending wisely and it's about valuing um you know valuing money and actually spending money on things that you really value Mm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, fantastic. Thanks for that, Jax. Moving on to the next, because I think there's a few principles, man, but stuff that I feel, um, you know, once we apply a certain mindset can be definitely um, are achievable. But what's the next uh, principle that comes to mind? The next principle is to become more valuable um, mm. or, or in other words, uh, earn more money. So that's how I actually went backwards there to earn more money by being more valuable. That's what I say. So when you understand that money is a store of value um, and a medium of exchange, whenever you are um, making money or even spending money, it's just an exchange of value. And to make more money, you need to become more valuable or you need to provide more value. And so how do you do that? Um, you do that by things such as career maximization. So if you're someone who has a career, you want to get the best from your career. You want to climb up the ladder or, you know, move companies and earn more through um, moving either vertically or horizontally. If you don't know what that means, moving um, vertically is climbing up the career ladder is, you know, moving from, let's say, admin to maybe a management role to uh, like a CFO, CEO role that's moving upwards Mm-hmm. vertically or you can move horizontally so what, what people find sometimes is when they move from one company to another they actually get paid more by moving into a company that will pay more um, and that's something that i've employed in the past where i might be working for a company um, in my time there i increase my value by for example studying professional qualifications obviously gaining more experience um, and after several years um, it's important for me to reassess whether i'm actually being paid um, an amount that's equivalent to the value that I bring to the to the company. Mm-hmm. And if not, then I'm making sort of move into another company that will pay me more. So the key thing here is really to find ways to become more valuable so you can earn more money. Um, this the, the example I just gave, gave was through career, um, by career maximization. Another way is to, um, for example, you know, you can own a side hustle. Um, so you can add a side hustle to your career as well for someone who has you know things that they're passionate about and they can sell passion projects and earn a little bit of income on the side from that as well that's another way to increase your income or you can be someone who solely um scales up a, a, a business that you own if you're self-employed or you own a business mm-hmm. you can find ways to really scale that business to earn more from that business as well so that's the key that i think the key is to make more money and the reason why, yes, we are talking, we do talk about, you know, uh, reduce your expenses and that kind of stuff, but you can only ever reduce your expenses so much. And so the key thing then is to make more money and that's help, that helps out the formula. The more money you can make um, whilst keeping up the principles one and two, the more you can uh, save and the more you can invest. And, and as you will realize later on, that's one of the principles to actually invest your money into assets. So yeah, that's the key to become more valuable and earn more money. Love it, love it, love it. And just on the first part around becoming more valuable in the 
in, in one's career. Um, we did have an episode, episode 13, around career planning, where we invited Tina um, and we walked through things like that, how to, you know, how to make your CV look much better, but actually be much more, um, I guess, you know, recruitable um, when it comes to employers as well and how to do things like asking for a pay rise. But I'll probably add on to that, Jax, is when it comes to the career, before you can, as you're adding value or before you can add value, you also need to understand what your value actually is. Absolutely agree. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, when I spoke about, you know, when I've been at a company for three years and let's say I'm still getting paid the same as I was when I was three years ago, there's mm. something wrong with that because mm. in three years, I should have, if I'm being intentional with my career, I should have been a bit more valuable to the company than I was three years ago. Hmm. You know, and as I said, I do things like study professional qualifications. You do uh, CPD, continuous professional developments, that kind of mm. stuff. So you should be better three years after mm. you've been at the company. And so you should not be getting paid the same. So you have to really assess where you, you know, whether you're actually being valued. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, learning never stops, man. There's always opportunity to do, do some sort of formal or informal course as well. So no, brilliant, Jax, man. Thank you for that. Um, cool. That was good. Um, next principle. Yeah. So the next principle um, around building wealth is, is the ownership of assets. Mm. You have not found anyone that, that can claim to be wealthy that doesn't own assets. Mm. Um, and assets come in different ways, but the three main categories comes from owning equity, or let's say owning a business, um, owning uh, tangible assets like real estate, and then owning financial assets like stocks and shares, fixed income products like bonds and that kind of stuff. So I'll say that one more time. Uh, business, real estate, and financial assets. That's how you can categorize them. You can miss, you can always kind of categorize them differently, but those are the main three. Um, and here we're talking about owning, having ownership. Because, and, I, and again, when I talk about the difference between being rich and being wealthy, you know, riches can come and go, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you hear phrases such as get rich quick. You ever heard the phrase get wealthy quick? Have you ever heard that here? No, <laughs> it just don't happen, right? You know, you, you always hear of building wealth. You never hear of get wealthy quick because it doesn't mm. it doesn't happen quickly because mm. the ownership of, of assets mm. takes time. You know, building an asset uh, asset base and asset column, as Robert Kiyosaki would say, it takes time. And so it's the ownership of assets, the ownership of things that can produce um, an income, whether through interest, through dividends, or through things like rental income, or the asset itself can go up in value because it, is, it itself is an asset that's going up in value because it's more valuable. So for example, real estate can go up, owning a house, owning property can go up in value because people need places to live. The population is always getting bigger. There's more demand for housing. And so if you own property, the value of the asset goes up. And if you rent it out, for example, you can make an income. Same as if you invest in good quality businesses um, that have been around for a while, that generate a lot of cash, they can pass on some of that cash to you in the form of dividends. And also, if you're someone who has um, built a cash pot and you want to earn a fixed income from it, you could buy things such as bonds and that kind of stuff. So what you find is, you know, building wealth, there's no one that has ever built wealth without owning assets. Mm -hmm. And so the, that next principle is the ownership of assets. That's deep, man. That's deep. And when you break down the three, I guess, main areas, obviously there are different types of um, assets as well and things you can own. So we spoke about, you know, um, businesses, real estate, and then, uh, well, financial assets, stocks and shares. Is there 
a particular percentage when when you look at all of the so-called great business and um, people is there a particular percentage that they tend to own or is it quite varied in your opinion yeah i'll say the wealthiest people um that i've come across um are they own a high amount of equity in in successful businesses mm. um so they either own it up to like let's say 50 percent, for example but they own a high percentage of a very successful business hmm. um so that's that's i'll say is the, the number one kind of thing that i noticed with with successful people um and when it comes to you know the journey of continuing to build wealth they may have first and foremost built their wealth through uh let's say a business hmm. however as they become even more wealthy this goes on to the next principle, which is having mm. a diversified portfolio of assets. Mm. So it's not just to have an ownership of one asset, let's say one business or, or one property or, or one anything. It's about diversifying and taking calculated risk. Mm. So the more money you're making, the more diversified you probably want to be, right? So they may make a big part of their money from, from, from business, but then they start diversifying into, let's say, investing in other business by investing in stocks. Um, investing in other uh, assets, uh, alternatives, and that kind of stuff as well. So that's that's what I notice. Um, mm. and, and of course, if you're talking about career maximization, the people that all uh, make the most or are wealthy are usually the people at the top. Mm. So the people that are in management positions, directors, partners, CFOs, CEOs, see whatever all. <laughs> so it's usually these people that make the big bucks. But even those people, as I say, when they make the cash which at first will make them rich to turn that into wealth. They then invest in assets that go up in value or provide an income or both. Mm. And uh, I'm assuming it gets to a point where they're almost reinvesting whatever they're making into those different, so into those different asset classes. So one asset classes is funding the other and so on. And you're just generating it with whilst you're sleeping. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, wealthy people may invest differently. A lot of them invest in things that they understand. Mm. Um, they take different levels of risk as well, depending on who they are. So you might find that some wealthy people invest predominantly in real estate. Mm. Um, but even then, they might look at different types of real estate, moving from residential property to, let's say, commercial property. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it really does depend on the individual. But ultimately, as time goes on, they do diversify because they know that diversification is at the heart of healthy investing. Mm. Let's do, you've mentioned risk a couple of times and even just as a principle, let's go into a bit more into that. What does that actually mean depending on, you know, your age and stuff like that, whatever your circumstances, but as a principle, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so the principle is taking calculated risk, um, which means you need to sit down and assess whether the risk is worth it. And the way you can do that is you can look at, um, for example, you can assess this thing I'm about to do, what are the chances of it doing well based on history? So I'll give an example. Um, investing in stocks, for example, is, is risky. Why? Because you are placing your capital, your money, your hard-earned money into a business that has the potential of going bankrupt, which means you can lose all your money, right? However, when you look at the financial markets over a long period of time, if you have invested in a well-diversified portfolio of financial assets, let's call it, let's say, an S&P 500 index, you would have built wealth pretty, pretty amazingly over the long term. So yes, you'll be taking a risk, but it's calculated and you've reduced that risk by diversifying, for example. And you can also reduce risk by becoming more knowledgeable. Mm. Very, very important. So yeah, it's important to take calculated risk. Without risk, you probably can't get a return. 
these two go hand in hand. You have to take a level of risk to get a return, but it has to be calculated. Remember, even go to university. That, for example, I was university. I studied a specific course. It was an investment, but it was risky because not everybody that goes to university comes out and you know works uh, in, in in a specific career. So there is a level of risk to, attached to everything, and you need to just understand that yes, it can work out for you, but it might not work out for you as well. Mm. Wow. But you want to do your best to minimize uh, the risk, but maximize the potential return. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and yeah, on a, a recent episode, we did talk a lot about risk in general in terms of how to understand and prioritize, particularly investment risk. And we broke down different types of risk as well. That was episode 70. So listeners, do ch- uh, check that out as well. And listeners, as you know, we do give a, a little shout out to where we're getting new listeners across the world, across the globe. We do like to show our gratitude and give you a shout out. Um, and today, Jax, we're going to quickly give a shout out to a city called Albion, which is in the US in uh, Michigan. All right. <laughs> that's the first uh, <laughs> That's the first city you've, <laughs> you've actually pronounced right for a very long time, but I guess it's not that hard. It was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, we welcome our new listeners. Um, thank you very much on. for joining Vault Finance. We are here with myself, Jax, and my co-host, Peter. Hello, as we have some amazing conversations uh, targeted at almost everybody uh, where we continue conversations about personal finance. Um, so welcome, welcome. I hope you're enjoying it and gaining tons of value. Welcome, welcome indeed to all of our listeners over in Albion. Keep doing what you're doing. Think of someone that you think episodes like this and all of our other episodes. Um, if, if you feel it will benefit someone, you know, a friend, a family member, um, whoever that may be, or just on social media, you never know who's watching um, your posts and stuff. Feel free to share it, man. Let's keep the conversation going and let's all get on this journey together. Um, so thank you very much. And of course, to all of our other listeners across the world. So Jack's just coming back um, before we start just touching up on a, on a few more principles. One thing, I, one principle I want to kick off is the power of giving. I I knew you would get there before I did. Come on, come on, come on, man. You know, man, obviously we're we're men of God here. You know, we we try and follow what we read in scripture and the power of being a a cheerful giver. But, you know, outside of that, what I find is that regardless of um, what faith you follow as well, I do notice that the biggest givers, and it makes mathematical sense, tend to be the wealthiest. And this is the statistics and what statistics show us as well. Um, but what is it about giving that is so powerful? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, many people, when you first told them that the most wealthiest people are givers, they, they think, well, of course they can give because they've got money to give. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the wrong mindset. Mm. I think giving is something you can do with a small amounts as possible mm. just like when you're budgeting you can mm. take up a put same way i said pay yourself first why don't you pay someone else first as well mm. right um because giving changes your mindset hmm. firstly before we even get to mindset um we are religious people i'm christian the thing is it's spiritual if you give good measures press down shaking together coming back to you i believe all of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right so you know the art the art of giving you always re, you know you always get returned it's, it's these these are principles of life it's never just a wealth principle it's a principle of life you reap what you sow simple as um but i would say you know if we're talking more kind of uh logically um i would say when you give you are really really attacking one of the bad money mindsets 
one of the bad money mindsets that even I had to really go through, right? Mm. Coming from a low income background, a mm. poor, poorer household, is you know the scarcity mindset, the mm. lack mindset, you know, and shifting that mindset to the to the abundance mindset, knowing that you know by you giving your money away, you're not you're not you know yeah mathematically you might be, but actually generally speaking, you're not reducing your net worth. You're actually increasing your worth. Hmm. Kind of thing. We're talking about financial wealth here. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to being wealthy, there are other things that you really, really want to think about. It's not about having financial wealth and then being sick in your bed. Mm. It's not about having financial wealth and not having any great relationships. So really, really important to look at wealth, not as a standalone when it comes to finances, but life in general. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it. No, I'm definitely in agreement, bro. But um, yeah, let's, he- let's hear some more from you. Yeah, so uh, kind of, you know, we've covered most of the stuff i would say you know if you're someone who is budgeting and you're spending you know less than what you're making and you're paying yourself first and you're taking calculated risk and you're investing and you're increasing your ownership of assets there are two there are only two things that i can think of that Mm. really really need to be considered number number one is time Hmm. time is a huge contributor to wealth it takes time and you know if you're someone who's ever understood the whole art of compound interest we talk about that many many times or compounding returns it takes time time is a huge contributor so time is something that you need to kind of just remember that you know it takes time so you don't try to get wealthy very quickly you just Mm. stick to the key principles we've spoken about already and understand that it is a process but if you stick to what we've said so far over the long term you will be wealthy Hmm. you will be wealthy um and you need to protect yourself so when we talk about protecting yourself, you know, earlier on I spoke about building wealth. And when you're building anything, you have to plan, you have to set a foundation, and it takes time and you build and you build and you build. But what happens if you build a great building and then there's a hurricane that knocks it all down? Mm. Right? You need to protect that building. So we talk about protection. Here we're talking about things like insurance products, uh, protecting yourself away from the taxman. And we're not saying paying taxes is a bad thing. But things like inheritance tax, there are, you know, legal um, ways to actually protect yourself from paying things like inheritance tax, such as putting your assets in a trust and making whoever is going to inherit a beneficiary, for example. That is the, one of the last principles of wealth that I'll speak about today. I think it's very important. So just to go over that again, if you're budgeting, you're spending, you know, less than what you're making, you're paying yourself first, you're investing wisely, buying good quality assets, that go up in value or provide you with an income, you're diversifying and you're continuing this process and you're giving it time, you will become wealthy. And as you continue this journey, you want to find ways to protect your wealth very wisely as well, by things like insurance. Now, I love that because you can do all of the, apply all of these principles, um, build all of this wealth, but, you know, um, everything, you know, comes to an end, particularly, well, everything in the physical comes to an end, including us. What happens to all of that wealth you built when we've left this planet physically? Um, and so that protection piece is key. Um there we have it Jax um thank you very much man I think we just walked through some key key principles of building wealth do you have any final closing comments before we let you go brilliant so um like I was saying a few minutes ago I think the important thing when you're on this journey is to give it time but also to understand that this is not something that you should be so desperate to build that you negate other important areas of your life 
Because wealth, yes, we're talking about financial wealth, but wealth is something that's much more than just money. It's much more than just assets um, or, or physical assets. It's, it's about having great relationships. You know, it's about having a great family. You know, when you, what you find with most wealthy people is a lot of it is family wealth, hmm. right? They build families. They have good quality families, not broken homes, good quality families. families. They have great marriages. They have great children, aunties, uncles. They have great friends. They have people that love them. That is much more important than having a lot of money and not no one to enjoy it with. Mm. Um, the next thing is being healthy. What's the point of having all this wealth and not actually being able to enjoy it? You know, um, so it's important to have health. As they say, health is wealth, right? So health mm. is very, very, very important as well. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound too preachy, but having a great relationship with God is the number one. Is mm. the number one, I think, because that is what governs everything else. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've got to say. Wealth is much more than just financial assets and financial money and financial wealth. There's so much more to life um, as well that really, really allows you to build wealth in a healthy, long-lasting way. Just on that that third comment about having a healthy relationship with uh, God, I think just on the back of that, understanding that money, cash is most certainly will never be your gods you can if you treat it like your gods you'll see what happens but (laughs) but money is most certainly not uh, a a, uh, should be a god in one's life there is only one and true living god um yahweh jehovah jireh um and i think you know um that's very important jacks because you know, we talk a lot about building wealth here on the Woke Finance Podcast, but it's never been about chasing it so much so that you neglect the important things in life. It's mainly a tool to help you get certain things in life so you can be a better giver, not, not even a better giver, so you can continue to give even more because we should be practicing giving throughout our, uh, our lifestyle. So you can spend um, more on things that might benefit you but your 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 surrounding environments as well and yeah support even more people or whether that more people is your family as well so no I, I I'm in agreement with that Jax yeah yeah I agree we, we talk about giving remember we're not just talking about giving money it's about mm. being able to give your time mm. right time is a very precious commodity your time your energy and being able to choose how you give your time and energy is very well done if you are someone who is also financially wealthy because you don't actually have to spend eight nine hours doing the say 95 that you don't really like so that you can pay your bills you know so these these are the things that you know some of the things that i think about as to why i want to be wealthy so i can give my time my energy my resources out as well the way i want to hmm. brilliant and there we have it jacks <laughs> yes we do Come on, come on, come on. And for our listeners, hopefully that was really useful. Um, I've certainly gained some value. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is a, just a great opportunity to remind ourselves as well, where are we on this journey? And is there something that we need to sharpen up a bit or even just start, no matter where you are on the journey, um, you know, as long as you adopt these uh, mindsets as well, you know, the hope is that we're definitely all right and our generations to come. So thank you very much to our listeners for st- tuning in, staying with us. Make sure you keep doing what you're doing, liking, subscribing, commenting and all of that good stuff. And remember all, stay, stay woke. woke.